as I've been doing each Monday for the last, what's it been now? Maybe two months since I started recording the podcast in Beyond Measure. It is a live experience for those that are within Beyond Measure as members. And everybody is welcome. So if you're listening to this outside of Beyond Measure, if you're on the podcast, you are welcome to come join too. And I just spent about 30 minutes in the pre-show portion of Beyond Measure where other members came to chat, to get to know each other, to have conversations, and to also weigh in on the topics. And today's topic is going to be multifaceted. It is very much about things that I'm trying with my mental health. And it's interesting to record this episode because last week when I recorded the previous episode, I was having a really rough day. I didn't really want to chat. I, In fact, I cut the pre-show section in Beyond Measure to be a really short, relatively only a few minutes of, of chat before I started recording the podcast and shared how I was struggling. I was having a rough day. Nothing really seemed to be working and that was okay. I embraced the struggle. I didn't put pressure on myself to change. I was frustrated too. And I acknowledged that frustration. And the next day was a Tuesday last week. I was still actually feeling low. I felt especially frustrated that it wasn't just one day. It was a multi-day experience of not feeling great. And generally when I don't feel good, I want my schedule to be as minimal as possible. Meaning I don't want to have meetings. I don't want to have to record podcast episodes. I really don't want to do anything on those days. But the way my life is planned out right now is on weekdays, I do have a tendency to have at least one meeting a day, at least one podcast a day. Usually I would say maximum, but last week I had a podcast, I think almost every single day and it's draining. So on that Tuesday, I not only felt frustrated about having to do more than I felt capable of doing, but I had also signed up to do something for my physical and mental health that didn't feel like the greatest timing. And that was jujitsu. I had been intending on trying out martial arts for quite a long time. Well, actually, it wasn't really that long. It was probably a year and a half or so. Originally, I believe that was due to wanting to learn self-defense. So the more I think about it, it must have started off in my head in fall 2020 when I did my road trip from Massachusetts back to California by myself. And a lot of people were concerned for me. So I started to dig into female solo traveler safety tips because I felt ignorant about it. And I wondered were the fears that people had about my safety justified. In fact, I think I did an episode on this on the show around that same time. I will put that in the resource links for this episode, which 
just to clarify, um, on these Monday episodes, the resource links are in the podcast description. They're not stored over on this Might Get Uncomfortable's website, wellevator.com, because I don't produce the episodes the same. Wellevator.com has links to um, the, the shows with guests, which release on Fridays. But for these Monday episodes, currently, the links are in the description. So in your podcast player, you can click usually a see more button and it'll show you a little blurb about what the podcast episode's about. And then it'll have links there. And you also find a link to join Beyond Measure if you're interested in that and links to things like the episode I mentioned in which I originally talked about self-defense or not self-defense actually, but safety for women traveling alone. And that's when I started to dig into self-defense. I wanted to learn about how to protect myself in moments, how to be less vulnerable, how to be mindful about my surroundings. I read some books about it and was learning things like the statistics around traveling on your own as a woman. And slowly that started to lead me towards martial arts. I've also had a few guests on the show who have talked about martial arts and those are other episodes I can link to in the description and resource section. I talked to one woman whose name is Heidi. That wasn't even the, sex the subject of the episode but she was talking about her martial arts experience and she actually recommended the place in my neighborhood of Los Angeles. And I ended up going there last Tuesday. I'm going to get to that in a moment. And there was another woman whose name is escaping me in the moment, but I will link to her episode as well. And she really encouraged me to try it out. In fact, I think in the episode itself, she said, Whitney, will you promise me to start researching martial arts today? And she helped me push through the resistance I had. I felt overwhelmed about just finding a place to try out martial arts because it's something I've never done before. Before I started recording this episode, I asked some members of Beyond Measure to share in the chat if they have ever tried martial arts. And a few of them have. One said they did um, Taekwondo as a kid for five years. That's really cool. I'd love to hear more about that in the chat if you want to share. Uh, another member took two free classes of karate as a 12-year-old that didn't stick with it. And I know a third member of Beyond Measure told me that they have a black belt, but I'm not sure which martial arts. Is it jujitsu? The cool thing about Beyond Measure is, is these people can tell me more details in the chat in real time. So if they share anything else, I will talk about it with you, the listener. I have never tried it before. It wasn't an interest of mine whatsoever as a kid. And I wonder statistically how many women study martial arts because I think I grew up thinking that it was for boys. And I don't know if that was a conscious thought or just something that I witnessed, but my experience was that little boys would do karate. I don't think I knew what jujitsu jiu was or taekwondo or any of the other types of martial arts. They just were kind of terms that I would hear. I would see people boxing, fighting, wrestling, just did not appeal to me. I grew up loving dance 
And then when I got older, I got really into yoga. I've dabbled in Pilates. And those three modalities actually do play a role in jujitsu, which I found really fascinating. But I was just not drawn to it and not very educated. And I think the combination of wanting to learn more about self-defense as a woman and also speaking to people on this podcast, the special guests I've had on who really encouraged it to the point where one said, the sooner you can take a step towards something like that, the better and the more likely you are to commit to it. And I wish her name wasn't escaping me, but I I promise I will put a link to her name and, and the episode in the description. And Heidi too was so incredible. She actually went and asked friends of hers which places in Los Angeles they recommend I try jujitsu. And she sent me an email with a list of places. (laughs) And that was really helpful because like I said, I felt so overwhelmed in big cities like Los Angeles. There can be many places to try martial arts and the, the process in itself can be overwhelming. Like how do you know which one is going to be worth your time, your money, And also with martial arts, there seems to be a big community component. Well, I ended up picking a place called Independent Jiu-Jitsu, which is very close to me in Los Angeles. And that is important because I don't want to have to commute very far like I used to do for yoga. (laughs) For many years, I was commuting to this phenomenal yoga studio in Los Angeles, but the stress I had driving and parking and coordinating things like getting there early. I mean, looking back, this is all pre-pandemic when I mean, I was going to classes. It felt like a very long time. Maybe it was three or four years, but that was just a, a big deal, you know, the class would be an hour long, but the whole experience would be about three hours from the time I left my house to the time I got back. Because in Los Angeles, we have traffic and a lot of the classes I wanted to take were during rush hour and the stress that would build up in my body driving to class. And then these classes were so popular that I needed to get there early if I wanted to a get into class. Some of them, if you were a minute late, you could not get into class. Either they would close the doors to be respectful to the other students or they would fill up and you wouldn't be able to get into class. So that was stressful for me. Plus parking and, you know, paying for parking. If you went over, I mean, like the elements of just getting to class were so tough. And a lot of yoga teachers would tell me like, just getting to class was a huge accomplishment and I couldn't agree more. I don't know if that's the case in places outside of Los Angeles or at every studio in Los Angeles, but that was a huge component of my yoga experience. That was also a role when I was taking dance classes out here, uh, when I would go to Pilates, like I started to associate classes in person as really stressful which went against the whole reason I was doing them, which was not to feel stressed out. (laughs) And the other element involved was I hadn't been to an in-person class since the pandemic started. So my experience in jujitsu last week was the first in-person class, I believe. I cannot think of an exception. I think it's the first in-person class I've taken in three years. So 
that was really interesting. I've gotten to a place now with COVID where I'm still mindful of places that I go, especially if I'm not going to wear a mask. Um, but I feel more open and comfortable. So I went to the studio not knowing what that would feel like. And it was interesting on so many levels. <laughs> First of all, they didn't really tell me any information ahead of time. And I'm someone, whether it's a neurodivergent thing or a personal preference, I'm not sure, but I like a lot of details and I couldn't really find them. <laughs> um, they just didn't tell me much. It was basically, I signed up for a class and they confirmed my attendance and that was it. And I show up, there's no one around the building. <laughs> it's in a very busy part of Los Angeles, but there is no part, no, no one in like the parking structure or the stairs to get up there. So I'm, I'm walking and I'm surprised. I don't even know how to get into class. And I tried multiple stairwells and there's doors locked. And I ended up texting uh, with the, one of the co-founders of independent jujitsu. And he gave, he had to give me personally the code to get in. So I go up, type in the code, go up these stairs, walk into this room and I see kids doing jujitsu. I'm looking at my watch thinking, Oh, like this class, uh, I guess must just be ending, but there was no like break between classes. And there was only one room for classes. And I walk in there and nobody greets me. It's not like my experience in the past to other like yoga or dance or Pilates studios. There was no check-in desk. <laughs> there were just people there in their jujitsu robes, which I think are pronounced geese, but maybe one of the Beyond Measure members can help correct me. Uh, but it's the you know, specific uniform that you wear, which consists of a, a kind of like a robe that you wear on top and pants down down below. And at this studio, and I think most martial arts or specifically jujitsu studios, you have to wear that and they'll give you one if you don't have your own. Um, so I get in there and no idea what I'm doing. I'm just standing there and that's kind of my worst nightmare. <laughs> If I had known I was going to have that experience, I probably wouldn't have gone. To not even know how to enter the building, to not know who to talk to, what the check-in was like, those obstacles are huge for me. But luckily, I didn't know I was going to have that experience, so I showed up, and I was just trying to embrace it. <laughs> I thought, I want to be very zen, and I think martial arts is based on being Zen and strong and self-aware. And I thought, I'm going to just be present for whatever experience is about to happen. And finally, I, I talked to who identified the instructor and I tell her I'm brand new. It was a woman. I was very excited. And that was also intimidating for me is that because I have perceived martial arts to be so um, masculine and male dominated, I was so relieved to have a woman. And that's an interesting thing too. It, you know, the, it's the gender constructs. It's not that I necessarily have a preference for a gender, but I was soothed by it because there's a, that feminine presence felt really helpful for me in that vulnerable period. And yet she, she was super nice, but 
there was no like onboarding. She just looked at me and she's like, great, class is going to start in a minute. Do you need a, and hopefully I'm getting the word right, gi. I think it's pronounced G-I or spelt G-I. Um, but I, again, I still feel ignorant about this. So she went in the back, got me one. I didn't even know what to wear to class. I saw in some jujitsu videos that people were wearing like really tight leggings and tight shirts. So I, I've had, I have a plethora of those things from all my fitness experiences. So I like put on comfortable tights and a comfortable tight shirt. And I didn't know, like, did I have to take it off? <laughs> like, could I wear that underneath the gi? Um, and basically the answer was yes. And I put it on and, and then I'm just standing there. I have no idea what to do. <laughs> I don't even know where the bathroom is. I don't know if I'm allowed to drink water. Like, what are the rules? And so I just felt so awkward, but yet just going to embrace it. And two other students show up, a male and a female. So now there's three girls there, including myself and one guy. And I was like, great. <laughs> this is going against all of my preconceived notions that this this is dominated by men. Maybe I was just fortunate, but I was very, very grateful. And I come to find out later that the other two students had been going to class for six months and I was the only new person there, which I was also not expecting. I thought this was going to be like an introduction to jujitsu, which it technically was. But at this studio, they mix in like not levels, but like beginners levels. So we're all beginners, but I was the true beginner. And I basically just followed their lead. And that was the experience of the class. I mean, literally was following them at points. We did like a 10 to 15 minute, pretty intensive warm up. Maybe it was longer. The class itself was about an hour long. And I was not expecting that we were going to be running around. So my heart rate was going way up. There was a lot of cardio. And then we did a ton of core exercising. So all the literally over 200 sit-ups, but different types. And I'm also glad I didn't know that because I have not really done a sit-up <laughs> in probably three years. I don't like doing sit-ups. I only do them in classes when I have to. So I was like, wow, this, my body is not used to this. Um, I mean, I, I do a fair amount of cardio because I you take a daily walk and I try to go, you know, do a little bit of running here and there. And I do um, my fitness classes and my VR headset, which I've talked about before. Um, but, you know, that's pretty light and very different from an in-person class. So um, it was it was a little shock to my system and not something I was experiencing and I, expecting. So we do these warm-ups and then we start doing moves. And the other students are are doing like flips kind of, not like flips like jumping in the air, but but they were doing all these moves that were very unfamiliar to me. Things like you stand with your back to the rest of the classroom and you like kind of throw yourself on the ground and then flip your legs over your head and do that over and over and over again across the room. I 
have never done anything quite like that before. Maybe when I was a little kid and we did that in gym class. Um, and I was, I felt thrown into it because there was no introduction to what we were doing. There was no explanation. There were no expectations set before or during class. It was just go with the flow. And to me, that was a great lesson, but challenging mentally. What it did do is keep me very present and very self-aware because I wanted to keep up. I wanted to participate. I wanted to experiment. I wanted to test myself. I wanted to see where my boundaries were, if I had any at all, physically, emotionally. I wanted to see where things felt tough and rough for me. I wanted to see where the resistance was too. And I chose to have as little resistance as possible. And that was interesting, right? I mean, doing all these movements that were completely unfamiliar to me, I had moments of resistance each time. I had little moments where I thought, I can't do that. I've never done that before. But when I just did them anyways, I was surprised that I was able to. Now, again, I have a background in dance, yoga, and Pilates, and I'm very grateful because all three of them came into play. In dance, you learn how to be coordinated. Even though I'm not the most coordinated person, I did so much dance growing up and in college and even beyond college. I learned how to follow an instructor, how to do complicated things, how to keep going even when you mess up. Those are great lessons of dance. In fact, I really encourage everyone to try dance and even just doing it for fun, not trying to get it right. It teaches you so much. Um, I also think that my experience with yoga and Pilates really came into play because jujitsu actually had some moves that were very familiar, mostly on the Pilates side of things or um, just various fitness workouts. Like again, going back to the sit-ups, we were doing various movements um, on our side. Like those movements were very familiar. And I think just getting comfortable in your body is so key. But the other opposite could be true too. If you've never done dance yoga or Pilates or you're not interested in them, jujitsu actually incorporates those things so that you can experiment and experience certain moves and get very familiar with your body. And I think that that is one of my core takeaways with that jujitsu experience is it, it, it teaches you to see where your limits are and go beyond them, go beyond your comfort zone and really get connected and present because you need to know, you need to pay very close attention. You need to listen to the instructions and be able to watch other people, watch how your body does things, learn from it. And there's so many nuances. So after we did all this tumbling around and core workout, I would say that might've taken up 20 to 30 minutes of the class and the rest of the class we spent doing, I don't know if the right term is moves. Um, maybe it's like 
I feel like there's a different term for it, but like a specific, um, gosh, I wish I did know the term, but you're, you're doing, uh, a sequence essentially. And that was rooted in self-defense, I suppose. And this is where also my ignorance with jujitsu is, is I didn't really understand, like, are you doing these sequences to build physical strength, mental strength? Are you doing them to defend yourself? Are you doing them to succeed in a, in a, I was going to say battle, <laughs> like, you know, people that go and compete competition is, a, is the word I was looking for. Are you learning these moves so that you can go com compete and get scored and, you know, be entertaining for other people to watch? Like, I don't, I still don't understand the point. Maybe it's a mix of all of the above. Maybe it's relative for everyone. But again, my interest in this was really centered around self-defense. So we start doing these sequences where people are strangers are be literally between your legs. And that's part of jujitsu that I think takes a lot of openness, <laughs> literally and figuratively to have someone I met half an hour ago, get between my legs and wrap their arms around me and have their face right in front of my face. It was unlike anything I've ever done before. Cause you don't do those things in yoga and Pilates, maybe in dance, you have a partner and you're doing some moves together, but certainly not in private parts of your body. And that definitely felt uncomfortable to me because I found it so unfamiliar and I felt so insecure and vulnerable having been brand new. And I was with other people who had been doing it for at least six months. The instructor has been doing jujitsu for many, many years, I think since she was a teenager or something. So I felt really intimidated and yet it was an amazing exercise to throw myself into something incredibly uncomfortable and foreign and do it anyways. And I started to feel really empowered by it. I really enjoyed all the different in intricacies because the coordination comes into play. So we did, I think, two different sequences, if that's the right terminology, and learning like exactly where you position your body, but you just like kind of like a dance, you have to move your hands in different places and then they go, it's like different stages, right? So um, one of the sequences involve like scooping your hands underneath the person on top of you's arms and then swinging them around and then grabbing their collar, their, sh their shirt or their gi collar uh, and then grabbing the other side. And then it's all about the grip. And then your arms are coming up to certain positions and, and you're essentially learning how to choke somebody which I also found really interesting because it, it was really hard for my brain to wrap my head around it. I'm like, I know I'm learning this for control and self-defense, but there's a human being in front of me who's practicing this. And what I didn't expect is that in jujitsu and I think other forms of martial arts and, and maybe even wrestling, the person you're practicing with has to let you know when 
they're, they're essentially tapping out or literally tapping out. They'll tap your arm or the ground when something feels too constrictive for them and they're, they're starting to lose oxygen. And I wasn't expecting that. Like, you mean I'm, I'm putting someone in a position and literally doing the moves that I would do to defend myself. But the only difference is that I stop when this person starts to get uncomfortable. And I learned all these breathing exercises. And I mean, it was just fascinating and a little bit scary, uncomfortable, vulnerable, and very surprising on us on so many levels. And I think despite this specific experience I had, which didn't have much of an onboarding, you know, like they didn't give me a lot of information. And since I have no context for other martial arts, I've never, I have no comparison, right? Like, I don't know if all studios are like this and I imagine they're not. I imagine every place is a little different and this one might be just a little bit more laid back or perhaps not that organized. I immediately thought of like everything I would do differently there. And I might even volunteer. I've been meaning to reach out to them to volunteer, maybe to do an exchange. I've done this in the past. I used to volunteer at a meditation studio and uh, I would help them out with social media in exchange for free classes. And that was awesome. So I'm going to look into doing the same thing at this place because I would really like to go back. It's just actually the only reason I haven't signed up for new classes is because they haven't followed up with me. <laughs> I was so surprised. I'm like, they literally didn't email me. Like there was zero follow up. Even though I texted with one of the founders, he never followed up with me. Um, I am kind of at a loss of what to do. And I feel like I have to take on the next step, which is also uncomfortable for me, you know, and it shows the difference. Like, do you want an experience in which you're guided and prompted and taken care of? Yes, that's what I generally want. But I almost wonder if there's a lesson there in that it's actually taking me out of the comfort zone of control. It's taking me out of the comfort zone of everything going in a specific order and being clear. Clarity is my comfort zone. Communication is my comfort zone. And I didn't receive much of either. But what if that's part of the lesson? And I think what really intrigues me is the mystery, <laughs> the newness, the novelty is a big thing for me. And also, noticing that I want more. I think that's a big sign too. There's a difference between being uncomfortable to the point where you don't want something, going beyond your boundaries and saying, nope, I'm not going to go any further. This is, this is a big red flag for me versus saying, I am uncomfortable, but I'm curious and I want to keep going. I want to explore this discomfort. I didn't get what I wanted, but that's okay because ultimately what I want is bigger than the things that I'm not getting that I still want anyways, if that makes sense. Like for me, the experience of jujitsu is very intriguing. 
I want to try more of it. I'm not sure if it's for me yet, but the fact that I'm still curious about it says it is for me right now. And maybe I can take it class by class and moment by moment. And I think if you approach opportunities like this with that openness and that wonder, you can learn some bigger lessons for life. I think things like self-defense are incredibly rewarding because I don't know if I'll ever be in a position to use those things. But ever since I went to that class, I felt more empowered taking walks around my neighborhood. There was a few references to things that you would do in certain situations. And even though the class wasn't designed as a self-defense class, uh, there were references to self-defense throughout it. And I just thought, wow, I feel stronger and I have more information and I got to practice some things on a stranger that if I was ever put in a position, I might not be the best at it because I've only taken one class, but I know more now than I did before. And that's empowering. I don't feel ignorant. I don't feel weak. I don't feel as vulnerable physically. I think there's still emotional vulnerability there, but feeling more physically confident is a huge perk. And I also feel grateful for my history and in, in, of the yoga, the dancing, the Pilates, all of that. And sometimes it's interesting when it all comes together, when you have an opportunity to look at your life and say, wow, I didn't realize all of those things were going to add up to something bigger for me. I didn't realize those things were going to help me. So I'm deeply grateful for the people that have been on this show to talk about this. In fact, I feel inspired to do more episodes specifically about martial arts. I feel a little hesitant and nervous, but still hoping that I will follow through and look for volunteer opportunities at the studio. And if not this one, maybe there's somewhere else. And a few people in the chat have said that it's, it can be a really good idea to volunteer, right? And that in itself can bring you even closer to things. When I worked at the meditation, or volunteered, I should say, at the meditation studio, I went to so many more classes than I would have had I just been a member. I got to know the teachers on a whole new level. And that brought me a deeper understanding and experience with meditation. I was paying attention to things differently because I was there with a bigger purpose beyond myself. And so it wasn't just financially beneficial, but it was a great way to deepen the practice. And I want to take a moment to read through the Beyond Measure chat to see if I have any other opportunities for things to add into the conversation. I, I see some people talking about how uh, other women in the chat talking about traveling solo <laughs> um, and how stressful driving can be. Yes. Even though I love driving, road trips are one of my favorite things, but driving to a place that I need to be at at a specific time, very, very stressful for me. I'm very sensitive to it. It's not something I want to do before I go 
deep in an awareness practice. Like when I used to drive to my meditation classes, it was the same thing. That was the worst part. But when I got into the meditation studio, I was able to relax and unravel and have an amazing, amazing time. Um, there are other references here to um, <laughs> how other people can relate to it being a nightmare scenario <laughs> of not knowing what to do and where to go. Yeah. But I'm that did not take away from the experience, even though I am resistant to experiences like that. In hindsight, it wasn't that big of a deal. And maybe that shows my personal growth. I'm not sure. But um, would I want that? Would I ask for that? Absolutely not. But that's what I got. And I'm okay with it. It doesn't really matter that much. And another person mentioned that sometimes places forget what it's like when you're new. Yes. I was thinking the same thing. And that's what I felt like I could bring to this place if they're open to me volunteering is just to share with them through the lens of newness. And we can see that within ourselves too. Like remind ourselves we're new to this. Of course, it's going to be uncomfortable. I'm new to this. Of course, I'm feeling vulnerable. I'm not yet confident. And can we look at experiences that we've been doing for a long time and acknowledge, like, I've been doing this for so long. I don't remember what it's like for it to feel new and unfamiliar. And we can see that from both sides because that's amazing. When we get to the point where we feel so confident and everything feels easy and familiar to us. What else can we add to it? How can we approach life from a childlike wonder? You know, and I wonder also why martial arts does seem to have a different relationship to children than adults, at least in my head. It seems very commonplace for kids to try martial arts, but is it common for adults like myself to try it? Is it common for women or people that don't abide by a gender who are non-binary, who maybe have transitioned gender? You know, is that a safe place for them? Do people feel welcome? And if not, what, what can we do to create more welcoming spaces? And what can we do to insert ourselves in more welcoming spaces where even though we might not fit into whatever the norm is or the majority is there, but can we find a place where we'll go anyways, despite being outside the norm. In fact, my teacher at this jujitsu studio said to me before I left that she really hoped that I would go back to classes because she wanted to see more women there. And that really resonated with me. She verbalized a welcome back, which I think is, is really amazing. And I was grateful for that, but she also verbalized that she wanted to see more people like me there. And sometimes when we show up to a space like that, we help others because the fact that she was there teaching and the fact that there was another girl in my class made me feel more welcome. And what if I could do that for others? So sometimes experiences like this, we can go beyond how it serves our needs, but look at how it could help other people who might want to be there too, but haven't felt welcome. And going back to more things from the chat, there's so many lessons here. 
I guess I'm not the only one who hasn't done sit-ups in a while. <laughs> That's nice to hear too. I, yeah, I, I would say even, well, a core exercises might be a better term. When I, when I was really into my yoga studio before the pandemic, we did a lot of core and I miss that. It's, it's not something that I want to do but I still miss it because it, it did feel good, even though it was painful and uncomfortable and hard. The classes I was taking were so physically and mentally challenging. But that was the other thing about jujitsu is it reminded me what it was like to feel physically and mentally challenged. And I thrive in an environment where I'm not the only one there. When I do at-home workouts, I am much more, I'm less strict about it because I know I can just turn off the camera. And nobody needs to see how hard I'm working or how hard I'm not working. When I do my virtual reality workouts, they're great. They're very accessible. I can do them whenever I want, wherever I want, and for as long as I want. But am I pushing myself to my physical and mental limits? Not really. But when I was in that jujitsu class, the only option I had was to leave. And in a social situation like that, I did not want to be perceived as someone who gives up. I didn't want to be perceived as someone who fails and, and stops, you know, I wanted to keep going because there are other people there watching me, but sense of accountability was huge. Even though they probably wouldn't really care. Maybe they judge me, but I'd probably never see those people again. It didn't matter in those senses, but it mattered to me in that moment because I was in a community with other people. And I think an in-person class gives you that opportunity. And I've missed that. There's a lot of chats about different teaching methods. And that's the thing, too. I heard from people who are encouraging me to try martial arts is you can actually go to multiple studios if they're nearby in Los Angeles. Again, we have a plethora to choose from all around town. They might not be as close to me as that one studio is, but um, I could go try out other places and see, do I feel better there? Do they support me in the ways that I want to be supported? And I don't really know yet. Right now, I'm willing to accept the studio's drawbacks. But what if it's worth driving farther away to go to a different studio that doesn't have the same drawbacks? That's a possibility too. So maybe before I commit to volunteering or something at this place, maybe I can go outside my comfort zone and keep trying other places. I have to say I'm resistant to that right now. It feels like a lot of work. <laughs> I've already identified some other options, but the idea of having to repeat that process again somewhere else is a little bit scary to me, but it might be worthwhile. I'm also glad to see in the Beyond Measure chat that this conversation has reminded others to look into self-defense. And I, I want to say that in addition to in-person classes, there are great online classes. In fact, I took one recently that I can link to in the resource section of this episode uh, on Commune. Commune is an online wellness hub where you can take classes. In fact, my former co-host Jason has a whole class on there. Um, and I've met the, actually the, the founder of Commune was on this podcast way early on. So I'll link to that episode too. Uh, Jeff 
is his name. And right. You know, sometimes you say someone's name and you're like, is that the right name? Let me just make sure because <laughs> all of a sudden his name did not feel familiar. Yes, it is. Jeff Krasno. Okay. I got very confused. He's an incredible man. Um, I don't remember what we talked about in that podcast because it was so long ago, but he has had such an amazing history in, in the health and wellness space. And on Commune, there is a 10-day self-defense class uh, through jujitsu. So I'm actually taking that as well. I signed up and uh, you can get a membership to Commune to take classes like that. And they're, all, like I said, all different types of classes you can take. And the self-defense class, um, the jujitsu self-defense class is taught by the um, descendants of the family. If, does that terminology make sense? They're part of the family that developed jujitsu in the United States. Maybe around the world, I'm not sure. Still ignorant about this, but it's the Gracie family. And if you look up the Gracie family in jujitsu, it's pretty fascinating what they've done to develop this type of martial arts. So it's pretty cool that you can take a class from them in person. They have studios in Los Angeles or Southern California, I believe, and I think different parts of the country. But the fact that they have online classes makes it really accessible. You could also look up self-defense classes of all different types in your area. You can look up all sorts of online classes. And I think that's a good reminder, too, is you don't have to go that far out of your comfort zone to dabble in this. Am I glad that I went a lot out of my comfort zone? Yes. Will I do it again? Probably. <laughs> but I would like to finish taking the online class. That feels super comfortable to me. Will I learn as much as I did in person? Probably not. But will I learn enough? Maybe. We'll see. To be continued. So I will link to that. I will link to the other episodes I mentioned. I will keep you posted on my jujitsu and martial arts journey. I hope it continues. I have to move through the resistance I mentioned of just taking the next steps. And I, as I said, with the parking and driving and all that stuff, I think dealing with our inner resistance is one of the hardest things about doing new types of movements and self-care and just trying something new in general. We have to get through a lot of inner obstacles and that's not always easy, but maybe this episode inspired you. In fact, I, I hope it did. I noticed too in the chat, some people were inspired to volunteer and couldn't recommend that enough. If the online classes are not suiting you, can you volunteer to get all the benefits of that, but also to enrich somebody as well, to give back? I think volunteering is one of the most beautiful things that we can do for each other to support one another, to lend our strengths and our talents, our skill sets to someone else can give us a greater sense of meaning. And just saying those words out loud, I think that will help me move through my resistance. So maybe I will finally reach out to the jujitsu co-founder of the independent jujitsu studio and say, Hey, 
Uh, can I help? Maybe it can be as simple as that. I'll let you know how that goes. And with that said, I'm going to wrap up today's episode. I had another subject in mind, another experience that I had this weekend that I will leave for another episode. I was planning to combine both experiences in one, but this conversation about jujitsu needed a little bit more time. So stay tuned for upcoming episodes with me alone, which again, I recorded live and beyond measure every week, currently Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific time. That schedule may change a little. Anybody can sign up for Beyond Measure for free. The link is in the podcast description, along with all the other resources I mentioned. There's an amazing community of people truly blown away. Uh, it's now becoming a greater and greater part of my life. A greater part of my mission is to cultivate this community that has been building here and making it a safe, welcome space for people to get to know each other. And it's not just about you and me. It's about you, me, and all the other amazing people that can enrich your personal and professional life. Today in Beyond Measure, we talked a lot about professional careers and people started to make connections and support each other. And that's just so cool. So I, I hope that your experience with me goes further into your experience with other people. And if that sounds good to you, then we would welcome you with open arms into Beyond Measure anytime. And thank you once again to all the people that participated live in the chat and in the conversation ahead of time. And then also stay tuned for upcoming guest episodes on This Might Get Uncomfortable. I have some incredible guests as always. Every guest blows me away. Last week, I had two phenomenal conversations that just went above and beyond anything I could have dreamed. And those episodes are coming up in the next few weeks on This Might Get Uncomfortable. There are new guest episodes every Friday on the show. So please subscribe if you want to be alerted to when those come out. And if you ever have requests for the type of guests, the type of content that I explore on the show, I would love to hear from you. That's one of the reasons Beyond Measure is there too. It's an open forum for you to share your requests, share your interests, your curiosities. What elements of life would you like to learn more about? How would you like to get out of your comfort zone? I want to support you with that through this show. And if Beyond Measure isn't for you, you can reach out to me via email, my email address, and all sorts of other information can be found at wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. And with that, I will wrap up today's episode. Next week, I may or may not talk about my incredible experience I had over the weekend. I will not tell you what that is quite yet, so you will have to stay tuned. However. It's very possible by next week, I will have a whole new topic in mind or the Beyond Measure community will bring me in a new direction. So I won't make any promises. The only thing I can assure you is that I will share from the heart, share vulnerably and share with the help of the amazing community members. And with that, have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening. Hope to see you soon. And I'm wishing you all the very best with your life. Bye.